Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN and on demand on your favorite podcast platform any darn time you'd like. Well, it's 5.08, and uh, welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on May 16th. Say hello to Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. And um, so it's day 78 of your Nebraska legislature. They've uh, they've managed to get to seven, day 78 without killing each other, <laughs> but not very far. Um, as we speak... They are continuing uh, all afternoon and into the evening debating a proposal that would combine two of the most controversial bills of the session, um, a ban on gender-affirming care for Nebraskans under 19 and a ban on abortion after 12 weeks. And uh, so there's an attempt to combine those two bills into one. Uh, might as well do it all in, in one fell swoop. Um, and last I checked... Um, they're having arguments uh, over the rules, and um, as one senator put it, it's procedural chaos down at the Capitol uh, this afternoon. And another senator said, uh, toxic politics are ruling the body. And I think it's been that way for a, for a while now. So, uh, so that's what's going over uh, at your Nebraska legislature, day 78. Uh, the, Dow, the Dow fell 200 points. Uh, based on worries about the debt ceiling crisis and uh, disappointing forecasts from uh, Home Depot, of all people. Uh, consumers postponing home improvement projects is the story uh, out, of, uh, uh, out, of, uh, out of the Dow uh, dropping today. And so uh, we will uh, be joined here from Washington from uh, Congressman Mike Flood's going to join us here in a minute, and uh, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, the debt ceiling crisis and some other important issues uh, going on in Washington, and so we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a week already, and it's only Tuesday, so uh, so buckle up and uh, and let's get going. Uh, well, joining us on the Rick Stein. Recognition Hotline from Washington, D.C., your first district congressman, Mike Flood. Congressman, thanks for joining the Dan Parsons Show again. Well, thank you very much, Dan, and great to be on. Hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I couldn't help but think of you, and I was uh, prepping for the show today. Well, other than the fact I was going to get to talk to you, but uh, just your old uh, legislative body and, and how things have... Uh, Man, uh, it's tough over there, and uh, as probably most of our listeners uh, remember, you were speaker of that body for a few years, and uh, uh, and a very effective speaker, I might say. I think everyone uh, would agree on that, and boy, it must be, not that you have time to watch your old colleagues down there, but boy, it must be painful to see what's um, uh, some of the vitriol that's going on down there this session. Seems like some days I can't get past the morning prayer. I don't know what's happening over there, but uh, <laughs> you know, I I love the legislature as an institution. It's special to Nebraska. It was an honor to be the speaker, and uh, you know, I just thought this morning, you know, how fortunate we are to have John Archer over there as the speaker. I worked with him for two years. Sure, came back, and I know he's doing the best he can as speaker. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think 
when uh, Governor Pillen and the legislature look back at the session, I'm hopeful that uh, most, if not all, of Governor Pillen's and uh, most of the senators down there are successful passing tax relief and yes. moving Nebraska forward on most of the issues. And I think that'll be the case. It's just a lot to go through, and uh, so many late nights. Yeah, they, more than uh, more than so, typical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people don't people don't weather late nights very well, and you know <laughs> tempers get high. And uh, I've been there for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Thanks for your work uh, in the Nebraska legislature, and and now uh, in Washington. And I suspect uh, you're getting used to where the bathrooms are by now, and uh, and uh, learning learning the ropes. It must be a fascinating process. And 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 again, you had great training uh, as uh, uh, leadership in the Nebraska legislature in the years that you served. But it must be a different animal. Well, I tell you what, it is different, but. There's a reason our country has been so successful as the as the world's you know best financial services um, place to do business and the most stable economy in the country in the in the world, and that's mostly because our you know compared to a lot of other nations, our laws are very stable, our system's very stable. It's very difficult by design to pass a law in the United States Congress, and uh, what I appreciate the most is that. In that stability, um, there's a lot of confidence in the business community and, and investors worldwide. And as I sit in Congress and I respect the process, it's much different than the unicameral. I also recognize that if you are successful passing along Congress, uh, you've gone through about 15 more hoops than you do in the Nebraska legislature. That's and that's for, for sure. good reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, right now we're working on the debt ceiling. Uh, Speaker McCarthy met with uh, President Biden at 3 o'clock Eastern. Uh, two o'clock central this afternoon. Yeah, and uh, although no agreement was reached, they talked about you know making some modest progress. I saw those headlines, uh, Congressman, before I came into the studio, and it did sound m- more promising than it has in the past uh, few days. Very, very encouraging. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the proposal that the House passed to raise the debt ceiling also includes four trillion dollars in spending cuts over the next ten years. And at the uh, and the White House, I think, is finally starting to appreciate that there's going to have to be cuts in order to take the next step. And that in itself is a victory. Well, yes, exactly. And uh, so joining us uh, in the newsroom, uh, Congressman, is Chase Porter from the newsroom, uh, uh, the award winning KLIN newsroom. Chase, thanks for uh, joining us. I, I just wanted to give you a chance to. Uh, to join this conversation with the congressman today in case you've got some break some some pressing uh, questions from the newsroom that you wanted to get in but but congressman in, in addition to uh, what's going on so what is your prediction uh, with the timeline for the for the debt ceiling I know they have till June 1st right to uh, before the default is triggered and what economists say would most likely be a sharp decline in the in the economy what uh, what what's next in those negotiations? Do you predict? Well, the House passed a bill three weeks ago, so we're waiting on the Senate, obviously, and uh, the president can, is starting, I think, to really engage. I'm worried that the president is on a, a foreign trip. I saw that. You know, yeah, starting, and that makes no sense to me. You know, we have we have the demise of the uh, you know the American financial system on the horizon and we have passed a bill in the house and the president's planning a foreign trip. It makes no sense to me that he'd be out of 
the nation in not negotiating with Congress. I think uh, Chuck Schumer in the Senate needs to start paying attention and stopping, you know, stop uh, attempting to deadlock this process. Uh, Senate Republicans, I think, believe in what the House has done. And at the end of the day, I'm hopeful that in the next couple of days, uh, we can reach an agreement, uh, put it on the table, have a conference committee deal with it, and then pass it and let the White House sign it, get that all done before June 1st. If not, we're prepared to work during the week of Memorial Day to get this done. And I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, but uh, if if I were in the Senate, I wouldn't plan on being on vacation next week. I'm sure that Chuck Schumer will call everybody else in and make sure that they're all here because it should be all hands on deck as we deal with these issues. Yeah, well, maybe that'll be an incentive to get things done so everybody can enjoy their holiday weekend and the country can uh, breathe a sigh of relief and we can uh, continue to, uh, uh, you know, do what we can to continue to make this economy uh, uh, go and uh, uh, so we can all benefit from that well if you're just joining us congressman mike flood from washington is checking in with us and chase porter is with us here in the in the studio from the newsroom well congressman i know that uh, uh that you recently cast a vote uh, uh congress did to secure the border uh and uh so that obviously has been uh, on a lot of people's minds and and uh, uh the crisis at the border people were very concerned that once title 42 was allowed to uh uh to expire that there was there would be you know a lot of problems at the border and from what i've seen it wasn't quite as bad as some have expected but but talk a little bit about that vote uh, uh last week on that on that uh, hr2 well, the, the vote basically does this. It forces the Biden administration to start construction of the border wall. It deploys technology to the southern border and the northern border. It increases the number of Border Patrol agents and provides bonus pay. It requires transparency regarding illegal crossings from the Department of Homeland Security. And it strengthens the law to protect unaccompanied children from human trafficking. And it also re, uh, ends the catch-and-release policy that has been in place where basically people cross the southern border, they show up at one of our processing centers, and they're given, uh, they claim amnesty, and they're given a notice that says, hey, you got to be in court within the next 60 months. That's, you know, five years. At the end of the day, um, that's not working. It's invited a lot of uh, folks from across the entire globe into the United States, and many of which we don't want here. Um, this policy that we passed, um, H.R. 2, I think does exactly what I campaigned on, and that is secure the southern border, uh, while at the same time recognizing this is a humanitarian crisis. Right. And by making it attractive to cross the border, so many women are sexually assaulted on their way there, and the drug cartels are making all this money off of people that pay between five and 8000 a person to cross the border, and they cross the border, and then they're stuck at a stash house and told that their family has to raise more money or they have to work it off in some kind of a sweat labor factory somewhere in the, in America. So it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the desire for people around the world to come to, to America to enjoy the lifestyle that we have is is resulting in uh, this humanitarian crisis. And, uh, yeah, now we're stuck 
with trying to deal with uh, cleaning that up and figuring out a problem or figuring out a problem that is that's plagued Congress and in the country for for decades and uh yeah uh the overall problem is uh, is immense and uh so this continues to be I don't know a band-aid right to uh to deal with uh with the biggest problems at the time but uh, uh there's still uh, lots that needs to be done and I thought firsthand, you know, I went down last year in August, right after I was sworn in as a member of Congress. I saw it firsthand where I talked to ranchers who told me, you know, they found dead bodies on their ranch. They uh, have called police and, and law enforcement and even the U.S. military to help guard that border. And the cartels are so sophisticated, they'll send 15 people over the border in one spot. And while Border Patrol agents are dealing with them, you'll have a number of uh, you know, uh, illegal immigrants that are crossing over with methamphetamine in another area and uh, fentanyl, and they're delivering that to Nebraska towns, which makes every town in Nebraska a border town at the end of the day. So this is something that has to be dealt with. We have to deal with the border. It's a top priority. It's what I hear uh, the most about as a member of Congress, and uh, I'm pleased that H.R. 2 was passed by the House. Yeah, that sounds like progress. Uh, joining us on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline is Congressman Mike Flood from Washington. Um, uh, Chase, jump in anytime you want here. Yeah, <laughs> um, thanks for joining us today, Congressman. Um, you know, uh, this issue is so extremely multifaceted in the way that people migrate and seek sort of um, asylum, in a sense, in different countries I can't help but wonder, um, in in your view, what what is the United States doing that is sort of addressing this root problem that I think Dan was kind of alluding to by saying there's a swell of opportunity here in the United States that seems to be the main driver, in my sort of opinion, of a lot of this immigration. Um, what can what can and what is the United States doing um, to try and help the, this issue? Well, last January 2022, um, I mean, I, I guess two Januarys ago, we had over 500,000 uh, backlog visas. Last July, that was down to like 380,000. So uh, the Congress is paying attention to making sure we're processing legal requests for immigration. And that's important in Nebraska. You know, we have a 1.2% immigration or uh, unemployment rate in Nebraska, one yes. of the lowest of any of the 50 states. Yes. Uh, we need legal immigration. We need to make sure we know exactly who's coming into the country and letting people cross the border, claim asylum, come into our country, uh, not really knowing who these folks are. Uh, that's dangerous. And when I was down at the southern border, it isn't like countries from Latin America are crossing our border. We have people from Russia, Ukraine, India. In fact, I picked up IDs, photo IDs from people from far away from Central and Latin America. They're from European countries. They're from Middle Eastern countries. They were from Africa. And these are the folks that are coming into the United States. So we have to recognize, first and foremost, that our border is unsecure. Secondly, we have to make sure our legal immigration process works, and we have to reduce the backlog of visa applications. Uh, right now, um, you know, because of COVID, we had a huge backlog, according to DHS, and we're working very much to, to narrow that and make sure that we're processing those. Uh, and at the same time, you can't come over and claim asylum and then be here for five years unaccounted for. That simply can't happen. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, transitioning to uh, uh, more of a local issue, uh, Congressman, if I may, um, uh, I know there's a lot of interest uh, recently here in our city uh, talking about uh, the post uh, the post office in downtown Lincoln, and you've uh, you've made an effort to uh, start learning and asking good questions. Uh, uh, what's the latest uh, from your end on trying to get uh, some answers from the United States Postal Service about the possibility of uh, the post office uh, transitioning out of downtown Lincoln? Well, that's a great question. I've been interfacing with the Postal Service, and um, I've also been looking at what Portland did, Portland, Oregon. Uh, has a post office in its downtown, and the city of Portland, after 16 years, hmm. was able to do a deal with the United States Postal Service where the city of Portland took that over. Uh, they facilitated the move to a point outside of Portland where they could have a distribution center, and the city of Portland, the taxpayers, were ultimately and are now in charge of that real estate, which is you know, the best case scenario, because you want to make sure you're creating an opportunity where the people of the community are in charge of the next step. Uh, something that you may not know, and this would be exclusive to KLAN, is that um, during the Standing Bear ceremony last week, uh, Governor Pillen and State Senator Anna Wishart uh, took it upon themselves to give a, uh, a high-ranking postal official a private tour of downtown Lincoln. Uh, they showed them from a high vantage point how important the Postal Service uh, location is to the future of Lincoln. And they did a really good job, in my opinion, of selling what Lincoln's trying to accomplish. That's awesome. And, you know, this, is, this isn't just me. This is the governor. This is yes. the state senator from Lincoln. These are people that, are, that I have known for years that are working very hard to try and accomplish a mission. And uh, I'm very encouraged by their tour, and I'm now in contact with some folks, thanks to them, in Washington, D.C., that are interested in uh, having a further discussion. And, you know, that's the way it should work. You we're bet. all on the same team. At the end of the day, we're all Nebraskans. Uh, the fact that Governor Pellin and State Senator Wishart uh, went out of their way to put this together uh, speaks a volume about how we work as Nebraskans and about the ability to... Uh, make sure that the Haymarket is the state's premier entertainment and sports uh, venue uh, for the state of Nebraska, and I'm I'm excited about it. Well, so I, I feel like things are going in the right direction. It sounds like it, Congressman. Well, thank you for your leadership on that issue and and working with your uh, leadership here in uh, in Nebraska. And and thank you again. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the Dan Parsons Show. And we'll do this again. You're always welcome. And uh, so we'll let you go and let you get back to work. And uh, I thank you for your uh, time. And uh, we'll be right back after this message on fourteen hundred and ninety nine. K-L-I-N. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. 
Well, thanks again for Congressman Mike Flood joining us from Washington. Uh, really appreciate his time uh, letting us know what's going on in Washington. And uh, so we'll continue to, to bug uh, the congressman from time to time. Coming up after the news, we'll welcome into the studio uh, Tom Beckius, the newly elected chair of the Lincoln City Council. Uh, Tom uh, has uh, been on the council for a few years now, and and they have a rotating chair each year, and so his colleagues elected him as as chair of the uh, council last night. And so we look forward to talking with uh, Councilman uh, Beckius uh, after the news. Coming up on the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show, uh, we'll continue featuring some of my favorite nonprofits as we get ready to uh, for celebrate Give to Lincoln Day. We'll be right back after the news on 1499.3 KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And if you uh, don't catch us live, you can always catch us on the podcast. And uh, you can find that on your normal podcast channels, your Spotify's, your Apple, your whatever flavor you like. You can find us. Well, um so I am delighted to welcome into the studio Tom Beckius. Uh, Tom is uh, newly minted uh, city council chair. And just a little background uh, about Tom. He was elected to the Lincoln City Council back in May of 2021 as one of three at-large members, along with the four members who are elected uh, by districts. Uh, his seat will be up in the spring of 2022. 2025. Uh, Tom uh, also served in leadership roles with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, the Realtors Association of Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's Young Professional Group, and prior to his election to the City Council, Tom served as the Vice Chair of the Lincoln-Lancaster County Planning Commission, and Tom owns uh, and operates several small businesses here in Lincoln, focused on the uh, in the real estate and construction market. Tom, uh, that's a long introduction. Shut the heck up, Dan, and uh, welcome in, Tom. Hey, thanks, Dan. It's good to be here. Thanks for that introduction, and thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, we'll do this uh, on occasion on Tuesdays. We'd love to have you in and and get the report of what's going on with the with the council. 
Yeah, that would be great. We'd love to to come and talk about what we're up to and the good work that's going on here in the city of Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. We've got to know each other the past couple of years, and I just appreciate your approach to uh, uh, to government and uh, including being inclusive and trying to widen the circle. Absolutely. You know, Lincoln works best when we all work together, as uh, Congressman Flood was was just talking about here on your show. Um, you know, we're all on the same team. Uh, sometimes we, we might have a, a little kerfuffle here and there. But at the same time, we're all on the same team. We're all working to make Lincoln, Nebraska the best place uh, on earth. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's a that's a firm belief of, of mine. Um, and all of this other stuff sometimes is just stuff. Yeah. Well, that's true. And And, you know, and it's We've heard people say it's the Nebraska way. I like to say it's the Lincoln way. I mean, we do. Uh, it's a it's a it's a small big town. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and that's yes. how we get things done. Also joining us, uh, sticking around uh, in the studio is Chase Porter from the newsroom. Chase, thanks for uh, diving in and asking some questions to our elected officials. Of course, the, it was an honor. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Tom, um, in in doing show prep today, and thanks for taking time out of your work schedule to uh, text back and forth with me. I, uh, you know, it's been one of my passions, and I know uh, the council too of of trying to encourage our food truck industry here in here in Lincoln and you guys uh, took a big step towards that uh, last uh, on Monday yeah that's last night we sure did uh you know food trucks has have been something that you know Lincoln has been trying to get right now here for a few years in terms of uh, trying out some pilot programs uh, through urban development that uh, councilwoman or former councilwoman Tammy Ward worked on. Um, but, you know, really, when we go to other destinations around uh, the United States or even, you know, in the world, food trucks play a part in that city's culture. And we just wanted to make sure that we were getting it right here in Lincoln for, you know, Lincoln's unique sort of flavor, if you will, and also, you know, being cognizant and uh, considerate of the bricks and mortar restaurants that we have here in Lincoln, because certainly we don't want to do anything that's putting anyone in jeopardy. Um, You know, we want everyone to be successful. And thankfully, I think that we hit upon the right um, balance of, of, trying to figure out how do we implement food trucks here in Lincoln, whether that's both in the residential areas, but also our downtown core, uh, without, you know, putting at risk our bricks and mortar restaurants that we love so much here in Lincoln, but also, hey, being cognizant and, and paying attention to the idea that if you're a, if you're a, a new, uh, business owner, and you want to get your word out, you you want to get your restaurant up and going and get people talking about you, sometimes food trucks are a really great way to introduce your product to the city and at a much lower cost, right? So, um, you know, if we want to try to encourage a culture in Lincoln, a foodie culture in Lincoln, yeah. um, food trucks play a part in that too, just like bricks and mortar do as well. Well, and I compliment you. I compliment you and the administration in in working with uh, the business owners uh, and the restaurants to come up with a compromise, if you will, uh, so that there would not put at risk uh, any of the brick and mortar businesses. Because let's face it, they've toiled, they pay 
taxes. They pay property taxes if they own the building or if they rent the building, they're, they're still, you know, paying those property taxes. And, and so I thought you did a really good job of not only uh, finding uh, some common ground, but just educating folks uh, about the process of, hey, and, and making it a win-win for, for everybody. Right. Absolutely. I think, I think that's where we landed. And, you know, also, you know, what does it look like, for example, if we were to take a food truck out into a neighborhood and let's say a, a neighborhood association or a homeowners association wanted to have a party, you know, they can park now their food truck. If, if they wanted to bring in a food truck, that food truck can park on a residential street with approval um, from the neighbors. And, you know, you could help create some sort of, you know, summertime fun, summertime yeah. culture, you know, kind of back in the day when your ice cream truck would come around and, and ring the bell, right? Uh, but this sits a little bit longer. You have more variety the, than just an ice cream cone. Um, but you can kind of create that sort of fun that, you know, every neighborhood needs here in Lincoln. Well, it reminds me, and we're talking to Tom Beckius, uh, newly minted uh, chair of the Lincoln City Council, uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show on 1499 KLIN. Um, it reminds me, Tom, of the uh, Lincoln Chamber's uh, new strategic plan, their Vitality Lincoln plan. And uh, part part of that plan is to emphasize uh, our neighborhoods here in Lincoln. And I think, you know, food to me, we have such diverse population in this city with diverse uh, uh, ethnic uh, foods. And I just see that as another opportunity for food trucks to to lean into that. Well, and, and I won't be shy in saying I'm a foodie myself. So, you know, the the idea of, of uh, you know, building that culture, building that industry, because we have to remember this is more than just a culture. It's really economic development for some folks. It's it's industry as well uh, is really important to make sure that, you know, folks that want to come to Lincoln, start a business, start a restaurant, have the means to do so. And we're creating that pathway forward for them. And just remind our listeners, Tom, Tom Beckius, uh, Lincoln City Council, just uh, remind us, Tom, of what the rest of that ordinance did as far as food trucks uh, uh, here in the city. Sure. So what what that ordinance did is really set up the, the 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 format, if you will, for how does a food truck interact in the downtown core area or business districts? You know, things like, for example, you have to be so many feet away from an existing restaurant or have their approval in order to uh, to to park your food truck there and work. And then, you know, also other ordinances relating to how do you interact with food truck in a residential neighborhood, for example, um, things like that. But really, you know, trying to strike that balance between a bricks and mortar restaurant and a food truck and still trying to push forward, um, you know, restaurants and the food scene here in Lincoln altogether. Yeah, no, that's great. And as you mentioned, I mean, uh, a, a lot of restaurants uh, get their start with uh, a, a more low-cost opportunity. Absolutely. I, I think I want your listeners to remember that, you know, this is oftentimes an incubation, right? Absolutely. This is an incubator oftentimes for a food truck that's moving then into a bricks-and-mortar space. You know, after they've developed a clientele, they've developed their, they have their, their food down pat, they know what they're doing, then, you know, they can take that next step and hopefully rinse and repeat over and over. Well, look at our friend Nick from Muchachos. And Absolutely. I mean, he's the poster He's child. a poster child. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he has. Well, um, the other, uh, I think, very visible change that's going on in the city 
uh, our skyline is going to change tremendously over the next, what, five, six years. And we're just seeing uh, lots of uh, new high-rises go up uh, in downtown Lincoln. Uh, it's only been 10 years since we've had Pinnacle Bank Arena. And people, I mean, you think, of, you look at those photographs of what the uh, Haymarket in the, the area around the arena looked like uh, 10 years ago, and it's unrecognizable now. And uh, so we're just keeping that momentum going. And so uh, the city council obviously plays a large role in, in, in those projects. And, you know, I don't see that slowing down, Dan. And I think that that's a testament to the economic viability of Lincoln. I think it's a, a testament to uh, uh, people wanting to be here. Um, but it also creates, you know, uh, growth sometimes can be tough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great thing for a community, but sometimes it's a tough thing to live through. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's what we're, we're seeing um, some of here and there in Lincoln. And I understand it. I get it. You were on the planning commission. You, yes, sir. You know what great training before coming on to the council. Uh, yeah, it could not be better train, uh, training training before coming on to the council. And then, you know, I work in real estate, both yes. commercial and and I I, I build homes as well. Um, so this is kind of my bread and butter. But I, you know, I every day I, I talk to people who struggle with the growth going on around them. And I understand it and I can empathize with folks. Um, but I don't think, I think it's here to stay in Lincoln, which ultimately I think is a good thing for the city, but it's tough. It's tough to live through. Yeah. I mean, I, I think our listeners have heard me say many times, I live and work in downtown Lincoln uh, in the Haymarket and uh, I love it. Uh, I'm going to continue to be a champion of, of that uh, area of our city. We're not going to ignore the rest of the city, and I know you hear that a lot too on the council. And uh, you know we have to have that infrastructure for people to be able to get around town and uh, get their kids to school and get to work. Uh, but it's just a special uh, place. It's being developed uh, in downtown Lincoln and in the Haymarket. And and yes, with that growth, we're going to have some construction, obviously. And but you know. The, the city of Lincoln does its best to plan for this. You know, we have, you know, the, the interest in the hay market will continue as long as the city continues to grow. People are want to go to, are, are going to want to go to the hay market. As Congressman Flood was just saying, you know, the hay market's a special place, not only in the, in the city of Lincoln, but in the state of Nebraska. And as long as we continue to grow, interest is going to continue to grow. So. A smart city plans for that. You know, we make sure that when we build parking garages that are maybe three, four, five blocks away, that they're there and ready to take on uh, folks. Now, are you going to be able to park at the front door? Maybe not. <laughs> and I understand that's frustrating to me. I'm one of those guys that circles a few times in the hay market before I finally pull the trigger on a parking garage. I'll be honest. But, um, but you know, wh what we're trying to do is make sure that we're accommodating that growth yeah. as best we can and uh, uh, making sure that we're not limiting our growth just because we're not planning well. I'll just tell you, and Chase Porter from the uh, KLIN newsroom is also joining us here in the studio. I'll, uh, I've got several witnesses. I will do an entire show on downtown parking because um, because I see it every day. I, I see those folks who circle the block, and God bless them to be able to you know park right in front of the restaurant or or a, a bar that they want to go to. But you know, uh, it, it, it's a matter of awareness and education, and uh, and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not complaining about how the administration has uh, has gone about the parking, but there's a misconception in this city uh, that you that there's no place to park downtown. 
uh, when in fact uh, there's plenty of parking downtown. Right. And I think that's just one of those growing pains that communities have to try to deal with, you know, as you continue that growth cycle. Um, you know, we were talking, is Lincoln a big, small town? It is. It is. But as we st- continue to to transition into a larger and larger city, um, these are some of the pain points that we're going to encounter. Once again, our job is to plan well for them and make sure that at the end of the day, even if things are changing a little bit, that we're still accommodating people's needs and desires. Yeah. So, uh, Chase, feel free to, to dive in anytime you want. Yeah. Well, and not to, I guess, shift gears completely, but maybe it's warranted. You have this new seat. Um I sort of am curious, uh, is that a lot thrusted onto your shoulders, being the new chairman of the city council? Um, you know, it's it's not too bad, actually. It's it's kind of actually more of a, an administrative task uh, uh, than anything else, you know. It, it's not as if I have any sort of <laughs> special power or anything as, as the chair in setting an agenda, but it does. I take on more of an administrative role, you know, making sure you know, mundane things are done, bills are paid, doors are locked, things like that. When, Certainly. when time comes, when, you know, as, as things roll about, it's, it's not a heavy lift. Okay. Yeah. That's a good. Well, but you're being humble, Tom, because, because you are the chair that does, uh, there's more eyeballs on you and, and, uh, as identified, uh, as, you know, the leader, if you will, but the chair of the council. I mean, there's, um, yeah, I, I understand it's maybe more of a ceremonial and administrative position, and maybe you don't have any more power than any of the other of your colleagues. Uh, but yeah, it does give you a, a bit, a bit more of a spotlight. Well, now you're making me sweat, Dan. I'm only one day into it, buddy. Give me a break. Uh, we're visiting with Tom Beckius uh, from the Lincoln City Council here on the Dan Parsons Show, uh, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, Tom, uh, what uh, what is coming up with the council? Uh, is budget uh, still on the horizon? You know, we are we are uh, we will be looking at the budget this summer. We're not going to start looking at that actually until June. Uh, about um, we do biennial budgeting. We're back to biennial budgeting after the pandemic. So really what we're looking at here is a, you know, we have made a budget already for the next uh, fiscal year. And so what we're actually doing is just looking at minor adjustments uh, for that next fiscal year because that, that budget has already been set. Uh, we did that last year when we were doing the biennial, biennial budgeting. Uh, so we're looking at just minor changes going forward. Um, so, but we won't really get to the, the, the meat of that until June at the very earliest. Yeah. And beyond the budget, um, what would you consider, I guess, your priorities, um, not only being the chairperson, but for the council at whole? Yeah, you know, a, a couple of things. Um, you know, I think that we need to continue to have a broader discussion in our community when it comes to growth and development, the things that we were just talking about, uh, and making sure, you know, what I've learned over the last two years being a council member is, um, you know, sometimes people just don't fully understand the process or don't fully understand uh, the tools that we have in our, in our, in our city to make things work. Um, and I think, you know, some of that um, I hope to communicate a little bit better to citizens in the city of Lincoln so that they can have a broader understanding as to how these things interplay with each other. Because like we were talking about, growth is important, but it's also frustrating to, for folks. Um, but it doesn't help when they're also um, misinformed about about certain aspects um, of how that works. And so I think that's that's a big project, a project that I want to work on over the next year is informing folks about um, 
kind of the stickier issues of um, kind of mundane city work, if you will, but really important city work when it comes to, you know, for example, hey, this new project's being built. I don't want any of my tax dollars going to support that project. Well, in actuality, most of the time, there's zero of your tax dollars going to support that. But people don't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. So just that education piece, I think, will be vital over the next year. And it's it's probably impossible to have too much transparency in government. Well, you know, I don't think anyone's going to get in trouble for having too much transparency, <laughs> exactly. right? I think I think that we are uh, everyone's better served the the more that we can share uh, and the more that we can um, help shine a light on on things and how they work and and uh, yeah, be as transparent as we can be. Talking with uh, Tom Beckius, uh, chair of the uh, Lincoln City Council. Tom, in the, about a minute that we have left here, maybe talk about your new colleagues on the council and uh, you welcomed in and swore in some new folks. Uh, yeah, last we got night. we got three new folks last night. We welcomed back James Michael Bowers from Northeast Lincoln, who won his reelection. But we welcomed Tom Duden from Southeast Lincoln, Justin Carlson from Southwest Lincoln, and then our uh, friend Brody Weber from Northeast Link- or Northwest Lincoln. Excuse me. Um, so three new guys uh, coming on the council. We did orientation actually last week. I, I led them through orientation last week. Um, they're learning. They're trying to. They're hitting the ground running one way or another. Very good, very good. Well, it's a cohesive. Uh, I know it's a small group, and you guys uh, work closely together. So I wish you wish you all the best, and uh, and we'll have you. Like I said, we'll have you on on a on a regular basis, my friend. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. All right, take a quick break and come back and close things out here on the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three K L I N. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN, and welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show. Some breaking traffic news from Chris. Hey, thanks, Dan. Yeah, we got a situation just happened South Twenty Seventh, just south of Calvert, an accident. Do watch for slowdowns. That's north of Highway Two, south of Calvert. Be careful. Okay. Yep. Thank you for that update. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, my thanks to uh, Congressman Mike Flood from, uh, for joining us from Washington and and our newly minted uh, chair of the Lincoln City Council, uh, Tom Beckius. And we'll have both of those gentlemen on on a regular rotating basis on Tuesdays in the, in the weeks and months ahead. And, uh, and thanks to Chase Porter for joining us uh, from the KLIN award-winning newsroom. <laughs> Why, of course. And thank you, Dan, for hosting such a wonderful show. Yeah. Well, you're very welcome. And and producer Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Uh, thank you, Johnny, for keeping the wheels on the bus. Of course. Coming up tomorrow uh, on the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show, we'll continue featuring some of my favorite nonprofits as we get ready to celebrate uh, Give to Lincoln Day on May 24th. We'll chat with John Mabry from the uh, Lincoln Food Bank, so, or the Food Bank of Lincoln, excuse me. So that's uh, what's coming up on the show tomorrow. And I'm going to take a few minutes tomorrow to uh, kind of recap the first couple weeks and uh, and thank uh, a few people and uh, we'll keep this uh, we'll keep this uh, going and um, but thank you for joining us uh, here on the Dan Parsons show and uh, I hope you have a wonderful evening get out there and enjoy the weather and so that's a wrap thanks for listening now go do something good